This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me this week will be Statman Dave to give us all of the stats, facts and information you need ahead of the Clarets crunch match at home to Sheffield United this coming weekend. Various members of the team will be jumping in as well to give us their thoughts ahead of the game and we discuss whether or not we can finally get Statman Dave to agree that this is a must win match. Hold on to your hats, Clarets. Let's go. Dave, welcome to another episode of the preview show. Goodness me, what a weekend the Clarets have got ahead of them. Uh, yes, a vi- vital match, I will go as far as saying, for uh, for this weekend. We're both struggling down the bottom of the table. In fact, the pressure may be, surprisingly, uh, more on Sheffield United mm. than on in some respects, but yeah, it's a real, uh, real big one, and yeah, we need a result, don't we? We do. Would you go as far as to say this is a must-win game, Dave? You might be the only man on the planet who says not. Well, yeah, you can't have a must-win game in December, but having said that, you've got to get the wins from somewhere, so we really need to get. A yeah, win. I'm, I'm taking that as a must win. I think you've you've agreed with us. I think we've talked about this so many times on on the previous show and on the analysis show as well. It's there are very there are a lot fewer opportunities in the Premier League than there are in the Championship to get those wins on the board. One of the things that makes the Championship a fantastic division is that anybody can win out of anywhere. You get freak results, and yeah, that sometimes happens in the Premier League, but not as often and not as um, not as um, for us this season at all. We have so far failed to capitalise on games where we've been dominant um, or games against those teams in the middle of the park who we have in previous seasons managed to get some points out of. So I definitely feel that this season is one um, where we have we just simply have to. Um, we didn't beat Palace. We actually lost against Palace, which I think was awful. Um, so if we lose this one... I mean, listen, Dave, I know... It is only December, and I agree with what you're saying, but the the bottom three, the three newly promoted sides who are in the bottom three, um, if we forget the Everton situation at the moment, like Bournemouth are already, what, five points ahead of us? That's a big gap to claw back already this early. 
It is, yeah, and it, it 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 gets worse every game that you don't get a little bit of momentum and and try and get at least up with the you know the likes of uh, Bournemouth, the the team that's maybe in in seventeenth place, uh, taking Everton out of the equation. So yeah, we've got to at least try and stay in touch, and you're probably going to need a a win or two in the next two or three games to try and get to that level and give yourself a chance of uh, of pushing on in the new year. Yeah, completely agree, and. You know, we're all still feeling a little bit sensitive after the weekend's results. Um, trying our best to stick with the glass half full attitude towards um the weekend's fixture. Eighty six minutes, one nil up, and performed really well. I thought against, uh, I guess West Ham at the weekend. We restricted them to very few chances. We showed a lot more freedom and a little bit more um. Not that, that that swagger's still not there yet, but we we felt like a side that was starting to perform a little bit stronger. But again, one moment in in concentration to let the first goal in, and then as we've seen too many times this season, once one goes in, they inevitably get two, three, four more. Um, how did you feel coming off that West Ham game, Dave? A little bit incredulous, really, the fact that we we had done so well, we've got the goal all beat by a, a penalty, although perhaps it should have been the second penalty of, of the game. I think the, uh, the one in the first half looked to cast iron one. I can't yeah. understand how I looked at that and, and didn't give it, but there we go. I'm not sure how we got the actual, the one that we did get. I wonder whether there was a little bit of, uh, of well, it's definitely one of them. And yeah, I, 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 if I'm honest, if I look at them, I think the one we didn't get was a penalty. I think the one we got wasn't. So my view is very much we should have had a penalty. At least we got one. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd argue they both were, were yeah. penalties. A know. lot of people do, to be honest. I think it's probably more that I think the game's just gone a bit too soft at the moment. And I think that in this desire to be a technically perfect televised sport, we're punishing things that we've never punished before. And it's just changing the dynamic of the game. And, and it's bringing us on a tactic that literally all you need to do is attacking players, just get in the box and kick the ball in the vague direction of a defender's arm. And when you serve a penalty, it's, it's it's a different game to the one we're used to. But um, but sorry, carry on. Um, incredulous. Uh, yeah, and then obviously just the the disappointment of the equaliser going in, and then even more down after they they, they got the uh, the late winner. I mean, there were obviously seven or eight minutes of uh, stoppage time work. There was in the first minute of stoppage time, um, and then we never really looked like uh, getting back into it. Then the heads went down a little bit, and. Uh, We'd, we'd done the work, we we kind of had had the goals go against us and then it's the same old story really, we've uh, just that, can't get that uh, that win over the line at home and that was our best chance of doing it. We should really have won, as you say, the last two matches the, uh, the at home, the Palace and uh, West Ham games and uh, we need to, well, we, we need to seal the deal, we need to make sure that we can be solid right through 98 minutes or whatever on Saturday and uh, and get that positive result. Yeah, I completely agree. We should have beat United at home as well. And we shouldn't have collapsed mm. against Chelsea. It's just, it's it's really difficult. I'm really, um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to stay positive this season. And I think that's a natural human reaction given how results have gone against us this season. And it's very difficult to lose 10 out of 12 games. We haven't seen us pick up any points at home. The only people who've seen us pick up any points are the, the fans who managed to get away to Forest and Luton. Um, who thankfully were re- re- were rewarded for their travels. Um, but it is, you know, I, I do believe what the club is saying to me. I do believe this this concept that we've been promoted ahead of schedule and that it's a, a young team who are learning and developing. And it's very difficult as fans. You know, it's a, 
it's a results game and it's an entertainment game combined now. And it's ah, after last season, it feels like we should have done more, I guess. Well, it's worse than you say. It's, it's 13 games, isn't it? So oh, of course, uh, yeah, one... of course. West Ham was 13, wasn't it? Yeah. Gosh, 11, yeah, 11 defeats. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm very clear with how I feel about this, and I think you and me are on the same page with this, so we're going to leave certain members of our panel off for this one. Uh, this week, it's finally happened. I mean, I know I sat down with BBC Sport this week and they asked me this very question. Um, there are starting to be murmurs in the press as to why... Vincent Company isn't under pressure. I think any other manager with the results they've had this season would have potentially lost their job by now. Um, the board are absolute resolute. JJ Watts come out this week and said, absolutely not. It, it, Vincent Company will not be sacked. He has absolutely got unwavering support by our board. Some fans are turning, not many, but some are. Where are you on the future and still passion for Vincent Company's side and him? Uh, yeah, very much. We need to stick with it. There's a, a project, as you say, um, and I don't think pulling the trigger uh, this early in the season, bearing in mind what we've done to get him in place, what we did last season, um, now isn't the right time to to do it. Because if you did that, you're probably going to be in a situation where you're going to get rid of someone else before the end of the season as as, as well. The likelihood, yeah, is I agree. That I don't and think expensive. it's going to be a difference. Yeah, expensive, expensive second. Um, as well, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I know that at least two members of the Known and Never panellists will be listening to this going, ah, but never mind, we don't care. So let's move on, Dave. We have got that important game to preview. So we are looking ahead at Sheffield United. It is Saturday, the 2nd of December. Goodness me, it's December already. Happy Advent, everybody. It's the December Christmas for those of you who do celebrate. Um, enjoy those calendars. Oh, Dave, that's a quick point, actually. I got a fabulous Advent calendar this year. Do you do Advent calendars? I bet you don't, do you? Mm -hmm. Oh, Dave, we need to reignite that childish spirit in you. You've gone boring in your old age. <laughs> I got, well, you would like this one, I think. Um, I got my usual Advent calendar, which is each is a great one. I, I'm going to get absolutely slated for this, but I'm not a chocolate Advent calendar kind of girl. I like the old traditional one with the pictures, with the little bells and the snow scenes and the little... Anyway, um, but I did get one as a gift this year, which was amazing. It's a wooden statue of the Nakatomi Plaza with a magnetic field down the middle and a little character of Hans Gruber with his gun in his hand going, ah, and you move him down a story every single day until he hits the bottom on the 24th. Not particularly festive, not really in the spirit of Christmas, but um, I thought it was spectacular. So I will be sharing that. that doesn't answer the question that Die no, Hard definitely no. film. Listen, <laughs> this week's educational piece comes to you in association with a preview show by the Known and Never podcast. There is a very important distinct distinction which is often overlooked. There are Christmas movies and there are movies that you watch at Christmas. Both of them very valid, but there is an important distinction between them. Christmas movies are the feel-good movies, the hallmark romance movies where small town boy falls in love with city girl, fall out, go back together, somebody's farm's going, unrealistic financial expectations, whatever. Um, Santa, elves, snow, goodwill, those kind of things. Those are Christmas movies. There are also movies that you watch at Christmas, and I put Die Hard in that one. Terrorists blowing up a building and terrorists being thrown off the Nakatomi Plaza do not scream Christmas spirit to me. 
that I also put things like trading places sound of music the old superman movies maybe even something like love actually they are movies that you watch at christmas but they're not christmas movies there you go and here ended this week's lesson dave <laughs> quiz question please uh yeah for the first half of this season our regular just for fun quiz question has followed a theme uh, we're interested in the players who've made 50 or more league appearances for both burnley and their next opponents in this case, Sheffield United, since World War II. And this time, there are six to choose from. Ooh, but how six. can you name? Hmm. I bet I can get a few of these. So I'm going to have to think about this throughout the um, quiz. So while I am doing that, Dave, let's get on with our preview show. You're going to kick us off, please, with our match results summary. Uh, yes, for starters, we'll take a brief look back at Burnley's home league record against the Blades. Uh, this consists of 57 previous league meetings at Turf Moor, which have produced 34 Burnley wins, 11 draws and 12 victories for the visitors. Burnley have scored 116 goals in those matches and have conceded 65, so have a positive goal difference of 51. Looking at the levels we've previously played at, two of the previous seasons in the early 1980s were in the third tier, 19 in the second tier, and after 36 past seasons together in the top flight, the current campaign is the 37th of the highest level of English football. It's also the third time that uh, Burnley and the Blades have both been in the Premier League after the 2019-20 and 2020-21 seasons. Lovely. Okay, first, new, first of our new features for the first half of the season. One to remember and one to forget. It's our more detailed look back at past meetings and it takes the form of two selected matches. In our one to remember and one to forget feature, we look at one that was a very positive, one that may maybe not so much so. We've been asking Dave to go with the one forget first so we get that out of the way. So Dave, what memories are we going to look back on for our listeners, please? Uh, we'd well, be pleased to know I have gone that way around this Yay. time. Um, Burnley have suffered four home league defeats against Sheffield United since the start of the 1970s, uh, but all four have been by a single goal. Uh, the one we've chosen as I want to forget, though, is from the early days of the 2005-06 season, if you cast your minds back. Um, after losing the opening match of that campaign away at Crewe, Neil Warnock's Blades were the first visitors to Turf Moor the following Tuesday evening, in front of a crowd of just over 11,800. The visitors went ahead with a fifth-minute goal from Neil Shipperley, and doubled that lead five minutes before the break in a bizarre piece of action inside the Burnley box. I watched this one back again just to check because it was a very odd goal. Uh, Chris Morgan headed the ball at goal following a corner, and Brian Jensen elected to punch the ball away. But it struck Morgan, who was now on the floor, eight yards out, and rebounded off his legs and straight back into the net. Although former blade Akiakim, Adiakim Bay pulled one back in the second half, the match finished 2-1 to the visitors. Steve Cottrell's Burnley, still pointless, sank to 23rd position in the embryonic league table. Lovely. What about the one... Well, not lovely, but lovely for your perspective. What about the one to remember, please? Give us a good one. Uh, well, we usually tend to choose a relatively recent match that people can remember, as I want to remember. But uh, when I checked back, there was a previous top-flight meeting at Turf Moor between the two clubs on the exact same date as this Saturday's match. So for a change, we're going to go back to the early 1960s for a match which took place on the 2nd of December, 1961. 
just over 21,500 fans were present to see Burnley take an early lead in the seventh minute. Jimmy Robson pounced and, uh, and put away a close-range shot. Uh, ten minutes later, the blades were level after a deflection from captain Jimmy Adamson caused Ron Simpson's shot to find the net past Adam Blacklaw. The Clarets were in front again three minutes later thanks to another own goal off the head of right half Brian Richardson. Burnley retained that 2-1 lead at the break and then went 3-1 up after 62 minutes through a side-footed shot from Ray Pointer. Although then Old Church pulled one back for the visitors after 77 minutes, another goal for Burnley by John Connelly put the result beyond doubt for an emphatic 4-2 victory. Yeah, that's better. Also lovely, but we like that one better. John Connelly did the best chips in Burnley back in the day. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello all. Tom here, just a few thoughts before the, the big game tomorrow. Uh, well, I was on a few weeks ago and I, I sort of gave my reasons why I was, I'd be thinking about making a, a managerial change at this point. There wasn't much of an appetite for it then. Uh, since I recorded that, we've lost every game. <laughs> so, fair to say, my opinion's not really changed. I feel like there's a few more maybe on board with me now, but I think the vast majority is still very much behind the manager, which which is fair enough. I can understand why. Um, I wonder how much will change if we don't get a result on Saturday. You know, it's, we're pretty much running out of chances now. Everton getting the points taken off is has pretty much given us a chance again because Bournemouth look like they're getting too far out of our reach now. Um, but if we don't win this this game, I think we can say we're pretty much down. I think I think we probably are, even if we do win this game, in all honesty, without wishing to be too moribund about it. Um, but, you know, looking at looking at it in a, on a, with a positive spin, uh, the performances have been better. Um, we're very, very close to getting something. On Saturday, of course, the, the fact that we're a team who finds ways to lose games um, in sort of ever more <laughs> increasingly unlikely ways um, is a bit of a, a bit of a worry in itself. But say we are, say we were to beat Sheffield United, and I think they're probably just as bad as us. So there's every chance if we were to win that game. Wolves away on Tuesday night is uh, is a game we could get something from. Um, it's you know I'm not saying we will. I'm not saying we'll go there and win, but just imagine if we were to put four or six points together back to back it's uh it'd be a, a confidence boost the shot in the arm this team really badly needs brighton away is a tough fixture but you know the drop points are into sheffield united it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could go there and get a point if we play well and defend a lot better than we have been doing and then suddenly you know if you can put a three game and beat and run together everything looks a little bit more possible I think at the minute you know 
what have we lost now? Six on the trot, seven if you include the Everton Cup game. We just don't look like a team who are going to get any points and it seems a long way away at this stage. But if we could have a good week, put four or five points on the board, maybe even six, then we'd be backing with a shout and you'd have a little bit more confidence going into the rest of, of the month. Hopefully, just just uh, let's just try not to lose at home tomorrow. That'd be a great start, wouldn't it? Uh, if we can win even better. Come on, Bernie, up the claret. Referee then, please, Dave. Uh, 38-year-old Chris Cavanaugh has a short trip to Burnley from Darwin to take charge of Saturday afternoon's match. Burnley have won just four of the previous 15 matches he's taken charge of, with six draws and five defeats. Looking at more recent times, Burnley have won just one of the last nine of Chris Cavanaugh's matches as referee since May 2019, although that was a home win by a 1-0 scoreline against Sheffield United. That was a behind-closed-doors match, which we weren't there to see, obviously, in late December 2020. Uh, looking at discipline, there's been just one red card in those previous 15 matches. That was shown to Everton's Ashley Williams, and the yellow card count is fairly even, with 22 shown to Burnley players and 21 to the opposition. It's Stuart Atwell's turn to be the video assistant referee this weekend and deny yeah. penalties. <laughs> and deny penalties and cancel goals and just generally be a nuisance. Yeah, let's see how that one goes. So, obviously, we've talked a little bit at the beginning of the, the game about, uh, at the beginning of the show, sorry, about this being um, an absolute must-win game. You have already accepted that, Dave. But um, I guess just general thoughts, like how are you feeling ahead of this game? I don't know whether or not I feel nervous about the game on the basis that it, the whole season's just been really, really depressing anyway. Um not actually no, let me take that back. It's not been depressing. It's been, you know, there are other things in life that are depressing. It's been it's been a difficult watch this season and it, it's been quite hard. Um obviously a, a, a win at home gives us something to cheer about, but also gives everybody a lift that that there is something in these players and in this squad and in this manager that can find a way to win. But on the flip side, a loss at home to Sheffield United and surely it's all over. I don't think that's dramatic to say that. Um, I mean, it feels like it's coming. I mean, that's no guarantee that it is, but certainly the way we've played the last few games, we seem to have a more settled side. We've, like, we've had an unchanged uh, starting eleven for the last three matches now, haven't we? And uh, certainly the two home games, we've... Um, well, we should really have, have won both of them and, and got, got nothing out of either match. So we feel like we're, we're owed something, but you can't... That that doesn't work. That doesn't translate into the next game. You've got to start from scratch, kick off, and and carry on, and uh, and and try and make your own uh, results in the next match. So it's not going to be an easy one. They're fighting for their lives as well. The pressure's on um, uh, their manager and and their team. Um, but I think if we go out, and we play like we did against Crystal Palace, and we do the same as we did against West Ham, then. We're more than capable of getting that result. The worry you've got is that the pressure's on both sides and it just ends up as a, a nil-nil or a one-one, which suits neither side, really. I'm not sure that will be the case for us. We're not a side that does that. Um, I think if if the nerves I'm not get affected... No, but I don't think we'll play that way either. I don't think we'll play to get that. I just don't think we will. I think if, if one of the sides is 
perhaps vulnerable to doing that. I would definitely say Sheffield United are. It's weird, isn't it, that they're under more pressure and their managers under more pressure than we are. Um, they came up behind us. They came up as uh, they didn't come up as league leaders. They've not invested the same amount of money that we have. Um, they've not come up with the same fanfare expectations that we have. Um, I did do a, a preview show with um, a Blades fan cast this week. Um, and he suggested that one of the problems and one of the things that the Sheffield United fans are unhappy about is that they don't feel that they've got an identity under Higginbottom. Whereas he, he looked at us and said, fine, it's not going well for Burnley, but they've got a clear identity. They've stuck to their guns. They have a project in place. They know where they want to be. And even if it doesn't work this season, they're still going to carry on and try and follow that plan. And just if you have to go up and down, that's absolutely fine. And that did stick with me a little bit. But I do wonder why teams like Sheffield United are putting so much pressure on themselves. Um, maybe it's historical to some extent. Obviously, going back, you know, to a city side, they've had um, good times in the in the Premier League in in the past. Perhaps when we were struggling, so there's there's kind of a, an underlying expectation from from that extent. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's I mean that there has been money pouring into the club. They have had money in the past. Um, as you say, they've not pushed the boat out in the in the transfer window. So it's, I think it's just it's just kind of maybe an underlying expectation for the the size of the club they are. You know, they are a, a bigger club. They've got a, a bigger capacity ground, and and there is maybe a bigger potential for them to to go on and and try and establish themselves in the Premier League. And obviously, they're not doing that this season. I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Jeff United, but I think that's an unrealistic expectation from their fans. I get it, but most of the, with the exception of, of some, most of the clubs in this country have got a history of greatness where they can say, well, we want to get back to those glory days. Burnley have. We were the greatest side in the country, you know, back in the day. But at what point do you cut that off and say, well, football has changed beyond all recognition now and it's, there's a different league and there's a different... I think enough time has passed now for Sheffield United where I would suggest that they maybe manage those expectations a little bit better. Um, I'm going to kick us off with this, this uh, Dave, and say I think we're going to win. I think this will be the one where we will not let this slip out of our hands. Um, I think we will win. I think we'll win comfortably. I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-0 win to the Clarets. Give me your score prediction, please. Um, I'm also going to predict a Burnley win this Yay! weekend. Yay! I'm not convinced we're going to keep a clean sheet, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I think we might get two goals up and then concede one and then be nervy oh, at the no, end. No, no, let's not do a nervy finish. Let's not do a nervy finish. Um, and the most important question, um, which I think most people are going to be thinking about, how many layers are we going to need tomorrow afternoon? Oh, well, I was surprised, actually, for the uh, West Ham match. I, I, I put plenty of layers on and then I was roasting when the match kicked off, but it did get colder toward the end. Yeah, so. it's supposed to snow tomorrow, isn't it? I know there's some snow and frost on the ground, but I think it's supposed to snow. So wrap, wrap up, up well. warm clarets. We will need you there. OK, let's finish off our section then, please, with um, your treat, the first of our Christmas treats for our listeners. Um, dive deep into those pockets of yours, Dave, and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week. OK, well, we're well aware that Burnley have suffered defeat in all seven Premier League home matches so far this season. In fact, that sequence of defeats in top flight home games has now stretched to nine due to the back-to-back -back defeats in the last two home matches of the 2021-22 Premier League season against Aston Villa and Newcastle United. 
We have touched on this before, but the only other time Burnley suffered a run of seven consecutive home league defeats within a top-flight season was way back in 1889-90. On that occasion, the sequence came to an end spectacularly with an emphatic 7-0 victory at Turf Moor against Bolton Wanderers. Although that scoreline will be very welcome again this weekend, I think most Burnley fans will settle for any home victory on Saturday. Yeah, I think they definitely will. Um, Okay, that is all we have time for for our preview this week. Um, Hope you all enjoy the game. For those Clarets who are travelling to the game, do make sure that you wrap up warm and cheer the boys to victory. It's going to be a nervy game, um, but it's one that we absolutely can um, come out on the right side of. Um, For once, there's no Friday evening matches this week or a Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Um, all of our matches are three. Sorry, we're one of three three pm kickoffs. So the fantasy Premier League deadline this weekend will be one thirty Saturday afternoon. For those of you who are in our known and ever FPL league, and um, this is also the start of a new month. So there's all to play for to be in the chance to be in with a chance of being December's manager month and getting one of those coveted known and ever stickers. Um, green arrows to you all as our FPL expert, Adam, would say. Uh, leaves us with just a quiz question, answers to reveal, please, Dave. You said there were six players, for those of you who were listening at the outset, six players who have played 50 or more league appearances for both Burnley and Sheffield United since World War Two, the end of World War Two. Dave, kick us off six through to first, please. Could you think of any? Um, I did, and then I've forgotten who it was. Uh, did no, I can't remember. I can't remember. I did have. I had a couple of names in my mind, and my mind's gone blank. Sorry, and I'm not going to put the listeners through the torment of me trying to remember that on air. Going, uh, go ahead. Okay, right. Well, we've got Andy Gray, sixty-nine, oh. fifty-eight for Sheffield United. Nope, didn't get him. Uh, Kevin McDonald. Yes, 51 for Burnley, 77 yeah. for Sheffield United. Uh, Jamie Hoyland going a little bit further back, 87 oh. for Burnley, 89 for Sheffield United. Uh, John Harley, 119 for Burnley, oh, 63 for Sheffield United. I always think of him as just being Chelsea through and through, so I don't ever think of him as going somewhere else. And then I thought you would have got these two. Uh, Gareth Taylor. Gareth Taylor was the one that I was thinking of, yeah. 95 for Burnley, 87 for Sheffield United, yeah. and with 281 combined league appearances, that's 186 for Burnley, 95 for Sheffield United, is Matt Lowton. Oh, of course. No, I didn't think I didn't think of those. I got a couple. Um, I wasn't sure. And I was also, for some reason, I, I thought Clark Carlisle was in my head. I thought he'd played for Sheffield United as well. Um, but I couldn't, I wasn't feeling particularly confident with that one, so I didn't even guess that one. Excellent. Uh, listeners, I hope you've got some of those. Um, there we are. That is the end of our preview show this week. The team will be back next week with our analysis show, looking back at that key crunch game at home to Sheffield United. And hopefully we'll be able to bring you the first home win of the season. Fingers crossed. If not, and we lose, goodness knows what on earth we're going to put out next week. But we will try our best to put out content that is engaging and is somewhat positive. Or look, if not, We'll do a therapy session. We'll all join hands and we'll all let it all out together. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you to um, our contributors who made this this podcast possible, including, of course, the main man himself, Dave Statman-Roberts. Do please check out Dave's um, X profile and his Burnley Stats page. It is an incredible bank 
of stats and information for all the things that you know and love about Burnley. That is all we have time for. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Never podcast, the preview show. See you next time. The Known and Never podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Our host and editor is Natalie Bromley and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonenever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.